This is information not being reported by anyone else. You want the scoop? Here it is with Darren Doogie Wolfson. The playoff bloodbaths are underway. It's just a matter of when, not if. Probably sooner rather than later, both the Wild and the Wolves will be done. Then the question is, will Chuck Fletcher be back as general manager of the Wild? Could the Wolves strip the title of president of operations from Tom Thibodeau? Those are some fascinating things we will get to to some extent here in Scoop Podcast episode 141 being recorded on Thursday afternoon, the 19th of April. We will go reverse. I did a Scoop Podcast on Tuesday, episode 140, where I went with a bunch of notes early, then interviews with both Lindsey Whalen and Ryan Suter. We'll go opposite. We'll start this podcast with Ben Johnson, former Gophers basketball assistant coach, now lead assistant at Xavier. Then I'll play back a conversation I had the other day with Tyrell Terry, point guard De La Salle High School junior. He just got an offer earlier in the week from Richard Patino. He is now up to nine scholarship offers. So we'll go those two interviews, then go notes in the latter part of this podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Seltz Craft House in Apple Valley for the best combination of craft beer, handcrafted cocktails, and authentic Irish food in the South Metro, you need to head to Seltz Craft House again in Apple Valley. Authentic as it gets when it comes to bangers and mash, shepherd's pie, fish and chips. Oh, my mouth is watering thinking about fish and chips. Or their signature corned beef and cabbage, which is made fresh daily. They have great daily and lunch specials, plus happy hour. Every day, 2 o'clock to 6 o'clock, plus 8 o'clock to close, then all day on Sunday. So Sunday, it's all day happy hour. Monday through Saturday, 2 o'clock to 6 o'clock, then 8 o'clock to close. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for news, updates, and promotions. It is Seltz Craft House in Apple Valley. Be sure to check them out. They keep the podcast going. All right, let's get to Ben Johnson. And we now bring new Xavier lead assistant Ben Johnson into the conversation. Ben, always good to catch up. All right, tell the audience. I mean, there's a lot of people that are saying, hey, you know, why did he have to leave the Gophers? You know, he bleeds maroon and gold. He played for the Gophers. He grew up in town. But but was this just too good of an opportunity for you to pass up? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, it was it was a hard, hard decision. Um, and, and trust me, you know, I've growing up there and playing there and having family and, and giving everything to that university and that program and coach for the last five years and wanting that thing to be successful more than anybody um, made this a difficult choice. Um Selfishly, you know, the opportunity that I was presented by, by Coach Steele and, and Xavier University was just too good for me to pass up. Um, you know, I kind of experienced this from the outside looking in when I was a GA at Dayton. So I understand the, the tradition that's here. Um, I understand the culture that's here. I understand the winning that's here. You know, they were a number one seed in the tournament. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's exciting to now, you know, just getting there obviously isn't good enough. And the expectation here is, you know, Sweet 16 is Elite Eights and ultimately get to a Final Four. And, you know, the Big East is a is an unbelievable league. You know, we got a chance to play Providence last year, so I thought that firsthand it's an unbelievable league. We believe they had seven teams in a tournament last year, so you're competing at a at a high level. Um, still able to kind of stay in the in the Midwest and in, in the recruiting base. Um, but just the the opportunity that, that was presented was just too good to for me not to look into and explore and to accept. And one of those situations, Ben, where where Coach Steele, Travis Steele, the new coach at Xavier, he he pursued you. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of um, kind of an interesting deal. I mean, the way this – you never know. There's no roadmap to, to coaching. Um, and it just kind of was uh, a little bit uh, surprising for me to get it, to get reached out to and, and to receive a call. But, 
had a, had a good couple talks with him, was able to really sit on it and kind of digest and process the information um, and just getting to know him more and more and, and understanding his vision and expectations for not only myself but the program. Um, doing some research on my end um, just kind of led me to a decision where this was just, just too good of an opportunity not to not to pursue. And is he someone that, that you've known for some time? I mean, did you know him before before you guys talked on the phone whenever that was, a week, week and a half ago? Yeah, yeah. I've known him. Um, you know, just obviously this would be my I think it's my 13th year. So you, you, you know guys. Um, you know, he, he has a, they've had some success recruiting the Midwest. And, and with JP, you know, he recruited some of the kids uh, that they didn't get. Um, but just knowing the landscape of Minnesota and seeing him at games, you know, conversating and seeing him on the road. So you do develop relationships with guys, um, you know, were we ultra close or tight? No, um, but we did have a relationship and that obviously strengthened through some of our, our preliminary talks that we had. Um, but, you know, everything about him that I've known and that I did know and through some other people, um, you know, he's a great guy, energetic, um, positive, um, you know, works his butt off, especially recruiting. Uh, I think he's going to be a big-time coach. I'm excited to, to help him uh, really raise the, raise the level of this program. You say 13 years. Ben, does it feel like you've been coaching for 13 years? <laughs> Man, it doesn't. Uh, you know, you start looking at it, and um, it just flies by. Uh, it feels like yesterday I was, a, I was a grad assistant at Dayton, you know, fresh out of, fresh out of college. Um, but it just it flies by, and, um, you know, it's been – uh, a quick 13, um, you feel it a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit when you realize you've been recruiting for that long. Um, you start seeing the relationships and where they're at now versus where they were when you first started. Um, you know, you start seeing, you know, cycles of family. So now, you know, you maybe have played with somebody in a family. Now you're recruiting a, a sibling or a cousin. Uh, so you're kind of seeing families grow up. So that makes you feel a little bit old. Um, but, no, it's exciting. And I'm just blessed and fortunate to – to be where I'm at and, and be in this opportunity, man. Is the ultimate end goal, Ben, still one day to, to run your own program, to be a head coach? And, heck, if you go back any number of years, I mean, look at, you know, guys that were, were in your position, lead assistant at Xavier. A lot of those guys have gone on to, to lead their own programs. Yeah. No, no, definitely. I mean, obviously, um, you know, you as an assistant, you want to work at uh, doing the best job you can of where you're at, and you want to help the head coach and help the program be as successful as, as they can. Um, but, yeah, I think every guy in the back of their mind wants to prepare themselves and put themselves in a position to one day um, be a head coach and, and to lead a program and, uh, you know, win the way you want to do it and kind of have your blueprint on something. So I think, yeah, definitely that's, that's, that's the ultimate goal. But, you know, right now I'm just so focused on, trying to, to help this brand and this program, um, you know, get to that Final Four, that national championship type level that um, you don't really think about too much, especially early on uh, with getting this new job. I suppose the whirlwind, I mean, continues, right? I mean, this is a really busy recruiting time, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is. Um, you know, we're, we're able to – yesterday was, a, was the last day we could leave campus and see prospects and families. Um, so you kind of wrap that up. And then this weekend, um, you know, we're able to, to go and, and watch some kids and some different AAU events as well as next weekend. So just kind of flowing right into it and, and getting into the, the AAU scene and, and getting, you know, names and, and contacts. And, and for me, obviously now you're, you're in a different area. So now you're trying to kind of get caught up in guys that they were on and guys in this region, in this area, and you're reaching out to people. So it does happen fast, um, but that's when, you know, you just rely on relationships and, you just uh, kind of roll up your sleeves and work, man. But I suppose you'll never leave your recruiting roots. I mean, in general terms, you are still going to recruit 
the Midwest, specifically the Twin Cities, incredibly hard, I'm guessing. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I think, um, you know, like I said, I think uh, the Xavier brand does allow you to branch out, and there's different things in areas and pockets that you can probably get into. Um, but, you know, I always, uh, you know, keep tabs on Minnesota for sure. Um, you know, they got a lot of a lot of good upcoming talent, a lot of current talent there that's, that, uh, that knows how to play and understands, uh, you know, winning basketball. Um, but then again, like I said, I think the Xavier brand presents um, something new and exciting where you can kind of touch and reach different sections of the country uh, and try to sit uh, the best student-athletes that you can. Five years is certainly a nice run at, at the Gophers. What, what stands out from your five years here? Oh, man, so much. I think, uh, you know, just the little things like, <laughs> Uh, being able to, to to coach at a place that you played at, um, I don't think many guys get the opportunity to do that. Um, being able to walk into the barn, you know, every day and and have that be your office. Um, being able to you know see student athletes through, I think, um, you know, we had a, you know, when you're there for five years, you're able to see a, a group of kids graduate. So that's I think always fulfilling for an assistant coach, a head coach, is to be able to see a recruiting class through and see those guys graduate and know that you kind of help them along their path. Um, you know, I think obviously trying to, as best I could, keep some of those those good in-state kids home um, and really try to develop that network of, you know, if, if you're a good player, um, when I was there, you know, being able to have a chance of you becoming a gopher. Um, and I just think just the support from the state, um, the support from the fans, the support from the alumni, the boosters, the uh, former student athletes to me was was unbelievable, um, and it's special to to see all those Gopher fans have your back. Um, and like I said, just to be able to do it and to work um, in a community that I that I grew up in and that I really uh, love and enjoy uh, is definitely something special. So, you know, the the winning piece and being able to be in the tournament last year and and, and, and you know feeling like I was able to put my kind of my staple on the program and, and get into a, a top twenty five ranking. Um, you know, all that stuff was, was special, and, and hopefully, you know, I left it there a little bit better than, than when it was when I came. Do you feel like the, the resources are in place for, for your good friend, Coach Patino, to, to take this program to, to another level? I mean, I still can't quite understand, Ben, why, why it's only one NCAA tournament win since the 1997 right. run. I mean, it was Tubby. You know, they beat UCLA, they beat Shabazz Muhammad, lose to Florida, then Tubby gets fired. That is the yep. only NCAA win in the last 21 years. I mean, that just that boggles my mind. Yeah, no. When you when you when you when the numbers are thrown at you, um, it, it does uh, it does kind of boggle your mind. It does it does look a little uh, a little crazy when when the numbers are thrown at you. Um, but I do. I think um, you know. Obviously, last year, unfortunately, we had the the Keem injury. Um, I think that was more of a game changer than people realize. Mm-hmm. I think that team was in was in place to, to hopefully win a win a game. Um and you know, obviously this year with just the injuries, um, which you can't do. I mean it's part of basketball. There's nothing you can do about that. But uh with that being said, I think there's enough in place. I think obviously the new practice facility um will help a lot with just especially locally with, with the buy in with recruiting. Um and then I think uh that the kids they have on that roster um are the right pieces that fit coach. Um, and the, the right pieces that are formula for you know for those guys to, to compete at the at a high level in the Big Ten, and um, you know if you can do that and if you can put yourself in that that middle to upper half, you're going to give yourself a chance to be to be in the NCAA tournament. And then from there on out, it's just you know a lot of it is matchups. Um, but I think there is um, a lot in place to to put themselves in position 
to to be a, a tournament talk team. And then it's just you know putting in the work and getting guys better, um, having a little bit of luck, and and seeing where the where the chips fall. Can you expound on on the right pieces in place for the way Coach Patino wants to play? What what do you mean by that? I just think there's you know with the 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 guys that are there on that roster, you have obviously, obviously have a full roster that was um, kids that came there to play for him. So I think that's big. So you got the buy-in right there. Um, I think you got a good mixture of skill. You got some really good size and length, which I think helps um, defensively, especially. Um, you got some guys that can pressure the basketball. You got some guys that can really move their feet, you know, um, which I think is kind of how he wants to play, you know, defensively being aggressive, being able to play fast and transition. You know, you got Isaiah, you've got Dupree on the wing, you've got Amir with the ball in his hands, you got three playmakers that really allows you to come off and play in pick and rolls, which I know coach is big on. Um, you know, they'll have a, a incoming you know, class of, you know, got Gabe Kalsher that can shoot and score. Uh, you got, you know, Daniel Toro that can run the floor, block shots, protect the rim, but is skilled enough to give you offense. And then you got Jarvis Omersa, who's, you know, a freak athlete that can play multiple positions. You can switch stuff with him defensively. Um, he's kind of like a mini Murph, not to put pressure on him, expecting to, to be a double-double guy. Um, but he's got those intangibles because he competes and plays so hard. And I think at the end of the day, those three guys bleed maroon and gold. And so that's huge when you have that buy-in. Um, so the pieces, you know, are there. Um, and now it's just going out and, and competing. I'll leave you after a couple final points. You, you mentioned Omersa maybe being a mini Murph. On Murph, mm. I mean, how much of an appreciation did you grow to have for, for Jordan Murphy? I mean, when it's all said and done after next season, he will go down in the record books, what, top five in points, maybe top three mm-hmm. in points, what, top mm-hmm. top five in mm-hmm. rebounds? I mean, I don't think he gets the recognition that he deserves. When it's all said and done after his four years in maroon and gold, Jordan Murphy will go down in history, at least recent history, as one of the best players of, of all time at this university. Yeah, no, no question, no question. And, and, and what's cool to me is to see where that kid came from personally, um, socially, from day one to now, um, he's taken huge strides off the floor. I mean, he's going to graduate on time. Um, he's been unbelievable in the community. He's been unbelievable in terms of you know going from an 18-year-old high school kid to now becoming a man. Um, all that stuff, the maturity, the growth, um, you know, the, the ability to, to communicate and now uh, prepare yourself to have success outside of the college scene and in the world, whether that's playing basketball or, or, you know, in the, in the business world, I think is, is, is to me the most satisfying uh, part of it. And then I think to see him, obviously what he's done um, basketball wise, you know, if you would have told me and you would have probably told him uh, when he first got here that, Hey, you know, you're going to have those type of accolades. You're going to be top five and scoring and rebounding potentially that you're going to be, you know, on the Naismith, uh, pre, you know, finalist list your junior year. You're going to be a, a multi-year uh, all-league player. Um, you know, lead the nation in double doubles. I don't know if anybody would have thought that, to be honest. But I think that's a, um, a credit to him and you know the, the his development. I think his his uh, ability to, to adapt to coaching and his ability to embrace coaching and be be willing to be pushed um, and just figuring out how to compete. You know, um, and to do it at his size, you're right. I don't, I don't think he gets enough credit. Um, I hope this year that, and I think they will. That the fans, I think they do appreciate him. I hope nationally people understand kind of what he's done because he's one of those guys where 
once he graduates and leaves, you're going to look around and be like, man, you know, he covered up a lot of holes or he, he got a lot of production done. And it's just so hard to find a guy that you know day in and day out is going to get you those double-double type numbers and going to get you points in the paint. Um, and so he's special, man, and, and just, just to watch him grow on and off the court has, has really been awesome for me. Speaking of filling holes, I've got two final points because this one just piggybacks off what you just said. I have a feeling we're going to have those feelings when it comes to missing Nate Mason this year. I think Nate, mm-hmm. I mean, you'll know better than me, but I think Nate covered a lot of holes for you guys. Mm-hmm. No question. No question. I think, um, you know, Nate basically was a four-year starter. And when you're a four-year starter and you play that many minutes, there's a comfort level as a coach. Uh, there's a comfort level with your teammates. Um, and I think that comfort level can easily um, – you know, all of a sudden now come back to haunt you a little bit in terms of, man, we, you sometimes you don't know what you have or appreciate totally what you have until it's gone. And, um, you know, just that veteran presence, you know, and, and I don't know how many times you looked on the floor and you didn't see Nate out there. And so now it's just getting used to, you know, his his face and poise is, is not going to be out there. And then the, as far as production goes, like, you know, you, you're with a kid that plays that many minutes for four years um it kind of like i said with murph it's you know what you're going to get you know we knew pretty much we were going to get effort wise and tangible wise scoring wise production wise from nate and when you don't have that uh, from a guy that you've had it for 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 a number of years there is a little bit of an adjustment um and and nate obviously was a an all-league type player so it's hard i don't care what school you're at it's hard to replace a four-year guy that's had that type of impact um and that's natural for every school so now it's just trying to figure that out early um, and for the young guys to understand, you know, you don't have Nate or somebody like that to lean on. So you're going to have to figure it out on your own, and let's figure that thing out early versus, you know, middle or, or, or end of the year when, it, when sometimes it's too late. Finally, where, where do you need to grow as a coach? Do you need to grow as a coach? I mean, whether it's communication, although I think you're an excellent communicator, whether it's, whether it's you know, coaching defense, coaching offense, scouting, where, where can you grow as a coach? You know, I think for me, I'm always – looking to try to get better i'm always picking guys brains whether that's you know finding a new set um for a certain situation or to pick a a head coach's brain about program management or program development or you know for me getting tighter with scouting or whatever duties you have um you know i think that the fun part about here is is you know getting a lot thrown at me defensively and so now it's you know taking ownership and and trying to help to build a, a top 10 defense um, and I think that stuff's exciting. Um, but I think as a coach, you're always, especially as an assistant, you're always trying to develop and grow. So I would say, you know, for me, I'm, 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 I'm trying to reach for everything. You know, I know it's, it's hard to be great at everything, but, you know, I always want to try to find a, there's a better way of doing something, um, you know, that, to try to find that and, or a newer way or a quicker way or something that the guy is able to grasp onto, just ideas in general. Um, you know, that's what I love to do. And you know? so it's when you're on the road, it's picking guys' brains and it's head coaches that you know, continuing those relationships and talking to them about, you know, important things that go into, you know, becoming a head coach or things to look at when you get there. Um, and then as an assistant, it's just continue to grow. You know, can I be the best, you know, can I have the best workout I've had today when I put guys through an instruction or, you know, can I have the best scout or, you know, am I getting better in those kind of aspects? Um, I think it's every day you try to do that, man. Ben, I hope I speak for many. I certainly speak for myself when I say we wish you nothing but the best at Xavier. I appreciate it. You guys have been awesome to me always, so I appreciate your support. And, uh, 
you know that doesn't that doesn't fall on deaf ears. It's been a, it was a great experience, and so I want to thank you guys and thank yourself, man. New Xavier lead assistant. The Gophers will absolutely miss him, but you can never fault somebody for moving on to bigger and better. Ben Johnson. All right, a guy that Ben Johnson has all sorts of interest in. I'm sure a Xavier offer is right around the corner. It is Tyrell Terry of D. LaSalle. He's a junior. He's a guard. He's a point guard, but he's got a great shot. Richard Patino watched him work out on Tuesday morning. Then he had Terry make a phone call to him Tuesday after school. Upon that phone call, Richard Patino extended Terry an offer. So right now there are three players in the state in the class of 2019 that have scholarship offers from the Gophers. Matthew Hurt of Rochester John Marshall, Zeke Naji of Hopkins High School, and Terry from De La Salle. I went over to De La Salle on Wednesday to pick his brain to get his reaction to not only getting the Gophers offer, but where things stand on the recruiting front. He is now up to nine scholarship offers. Just before we get to specifics, just in general, I mean, have you been able to catch your breath this week? It's been a very busy recruiting week. Yeah, it's been kind of wild. Um, the week before this wasn't that busy, and all of a sudden it's been going crazy. So, I mean, I'm humble about it all and just trying to, just trying to be calm through it all and uh, make smart decisions with everything I'm going through. I mean, I suppose you know that it's coming. I mean, you know when these coaches can reach out to you. You know when these coaches can come visit you. So you had to know that this week was going to be busy. Yeah, um, I have a lot of people that help me out with that, um, my assistant coaches and people that I'm surrounded with. Uh, help me out a lot with what's going to happen and how I should handle it. So it makes it a lot easier. Is it getting overwhelming at all? I mean, you've got so many schools that, that want you. Um, it doesn't get too overwhelming. Uh, you just got to be grateful for it all and um, just accept the process and what it, how grateful I am for it and things like that. So it's not, not too overwhelming. All right, let's go over specifics this week. It starts with who? Was it Iowa State that was in first this week? Yeah, um, Iowa State and Coach Patino were in Tuesday morning to watch me work out. And then after that, at night, I had an in-home visit with the Stanford head coach. So when you're working out, I mean, are you just going through normal drills and the coaches are just sitting here watching you? Uh, yeah, actually, me and uh, Gabe worked out together. We just got shots up, um, did a couple uh, running off screens and things like that. Uh, just a normal workout. And then it was right then on the spot that, that Coach Patino made you the offer? Uh, he, he actually told, I think, my head coach, Travis Bledsoe, before me. But uh, Coach Patino told me to call him after school and... Uh, when I called him, he told me that he was going to give me a scholarship offer. So what was that phone call like? I mean, what was the reaction? Did you know the, the offer was coming, or, or did it surprise you? Um, it it kind of surprised me because, uh, I don't know, I, didn't, I didn't, wasn't expecting it, but he was just asking me how school was, and I was like, okay, like, this is a normal phone call, and then he told me he was offering me a scholarship, so I was, I was very happy when, when I heard that. How grateful are you? I mean, when the hometown school, the one Division One team in the state, you know, heck, the school's two seconds from here. When they make you an offer, how grateful are you that they made you the offer? I'm beyond grateful. Um, just seeing, especially on, on social media and things, how, how supportive everyone is, all the fans, and all, I'm, I've been getting support from here at school. It's, it's crazy. I'm, I'm beyond blessed. It's, it's crazy. What, what's school like today? I mean, I have to imagine. I mean, it, it hit social media last night. I have to imagine, coming back to school today, everybody was like, hey, this is great. Yeah, um, I've gotten a lot of support from my friends. Um, a lot of people saying, oh, go to the Gophers, go to the Gophers. I've had some teachers be, say how proud of, they, proud of me they are and things like that. It's, it's, been, it's been, I'm so grateful for it. How do you balance, though, that you are going to hear from a lot of fans saying you need to be a Gopher, you have to be a Gopher with, you may like Stanford a lot, you may like some other schools a lot. How do you balance that to make sure that, that you, you know, stay far away from, from all the outside noise? Um, well, I just got to realize that 
in, at the end, it's, it's what's best for me. Um, if when, when I make a decision, I know that the people that matter, the, opinion, the, the opinions that matter to me, um, that's, that's what matters. So they're going to be proud of me wherever I go. So, What will be best for you? I mean, are we talking, you know, academics? Are we talking, you know, the system that the coach runs? What, what is most important to you? Uh, well, a few things that are important to me are clearly academics, um, style of play, because style of play will help me succeed. I want to have a good relationship with the coaches. So things like that are very important to me. And, um, yeah, th- when, if those things add, uh, are good for me, then that's what I'm going to do. As far as the gopher style play, is that a style that, that fits your skill set? Yeah, I believe so. Coach, coaches said that um, I would fit perfect to their offense. So um, I've been watching them uh, when I go to their games, and I, I feel like I could see myself succeeding there. What about Stanford? Uh, yeah, when I was talking to the head coach um, yesterday, we watched some film, and just I placed myself uh, in the position of their point guard and how, I could, how we could see myself in their uh, offense, and I, it looked great. How many offers are you up to now? I'm up to nine offers. Can you name them just snap of the fingers? Uh, I have North Dakota, UNI, Colorado State, Baylor, Butler, Stanford, Minnesota, Nebraska, and Iowa. And who's, who's coming strongest at you right now? Uh, the strongest at me that has not offered me is probably Xavier and Iowa State right now. And then of the nine that have offered, I mean, are there, are there some that, that are blowing up your phone more than others? I would probably say Stanford, Nebraska, and Butler have been coming on the strongest. Now with Stanford, I mean, there is that Reed-Travis connection. You know Reed, even though you guys are, are a few years apart. I mean, have you heard good things about Stanford? Yeah, I've heard great things. Um, I, I talked to Reed on the phone. I talked to him when he comes back to De La Salle, and he just kind of explains to me, like, what it's like to go to Stanford, and um, I've heard only, only but great things about it. And then Gabe. I mean, you're talking about working out with Gabe in front of the Iowa State and Gophers coaches. I mean, last time I checked, Gabe is going to be a Gopher. So has it already started with Gabe saying, you have to join me? <laughs> um, I, I actually haven't heard anything from uh, Gabe about coming to play with him, but I'm, I'm, sooner, I'm pretty sure sooner or later I'm going to hear something from him. I mean, it's only been a day since it happened, but I'm pretty sure sooner or later I'll hear something from him. What was the wait like? I mean, there was a lot of people. I'm guilty, speculating that eventually the Gophers were going to make the offer, but a lot of us were wondering, what is taking so long? Did you think about what was taking so long? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was kind of hard because I did hear a lot of things about, oh, it's coming soon, it's coming soon, why hasn't it happened? Um, but, I mean, I was just grateful that they were recruiting me in the first place. Um, I figured that sooner or later maybe it would happen, and I'm just grateful that it did happen in the end. Take us through while we have you here. We were talking off camera about, about your recent trip to Germany. Uh, so, yeah, I was selected for a USA Select team that we traveled to Mannheim, Germany to play in the Albert Schweitzer Tournament. Uh, we played teams like France, Italy, Russia, China, uh, to name a few. And um, it was a great experience playing under FIBA rules. Uh, it's a lot different. So it, w- it was a great experience. How about your own individual play? How did you play? Uh, yeah, I, I played well. Um, I did get injured. I uh, popped one of my ribs out of play, so I had to miss two games. But out of the five games I did get to play, um, I, I, played, I played well, I would, I would say. And the rib is... You're okay now health-wise? I mean, you get a big event this weekend where in Indianapolis? Yeah, um, I've had two weeks to heal. I've been going through some, some therapy with my mom because she's a physical therapist. So uh, I, I did have to go through a lot of healing. I had to take a little break, but um, I'm back now. So, How loaded is your AAU team? I mean, it's loaded, isn't it? Yeah, we are, we are loaded. We have a lot of talent. Um, we're very big. I'm about the shortest person by four inches, and I'm 6'2", so that tells you how big we are. So it's, it's going to be a very fun team to watch and to play with. I mean, is it all the best players 2019? I mean, 
heck, Matthew Hurt, right? Zeke Naji, you. I mean, that's about as good as it gets. Yeah, it, it's crazy. Um, it's, it's just a great group, group of guys to be with, like, set aside the talent. Um, they're just a fun group of guys to be with, which, I mean, is something you, is hard to, is sometimes hard to find. So I couldn't ask for any more. What about it in terms of a, of a timeline? I mean, will you commit to a school? Are we talking, like, end of summer? Are we talking September, maybe into October? Um, I'm, I'm thinking end of summer right now. But if um, a school blows me away some, somehow, um, then I'm, it, if it happens, it happens. I'm in no timetable of when I need to make a decision. Does it matter who offered you first or that the Gophers took a while to offer you? Or does it just matter to you that the offer is there and I've got a number of months to decide if I want to go to that school? Um, my first offer did mean a lot to me because uh, it was the first coach that really believed in me. So I will say that um, it did mean a lot that Iowa – offered me first but um, I'm just grateful that every head coach has believed in me that has given me a scholarship offer so I wouldn't say I have any favorites right now you have any visits set I mean you try to mix in some visits during during what's going to be a hectic April May June July yeah I have a plan to visit Minnesota very soon uh, because it's very easy right down the street Um, I'm planning on maybe visiting officially to Stanford in mid-May and um, that's all I have planned for right now do you have a relationship at all with, with the new coach, Rob Jeter? I mean, Ben Johnson leaves, Kamani Young leaves. There's, there's some change over there with the University of Minnesota staff. Yeah, he was actually here, too, uh, watching me and Gabe work out. So I got to meet him and talk to him a little bit. And um, I, I really like him. He's a, he's a great guy, and uh, I look forward to building a relationship with him. Nice. Yeah, I mean, everything I've heard is he's a tremendous guy. So, I mean, you saw that right away when, when you had a chance to talk to Rob? Definitely, uh, definitely. He was uh, very very cool to me um, very off, the, off the get-go, and, uh, like I said, I'm very looking forward to building a relationship with him. I mean, Coach Patino, I mean, you vibe with him very well. He's a very personable young man. Yeah, um, I enjoy texting him. Uh, he's very cool with me. Uh, after after each game that I have, uh, he'll text me and say good job or good luck or things like that. So I really like that. As good a basketball player as Terry is, he's even a better student, a 4.0 student, and he takes AP classes. I had a couple people in administration at DLSL stop me on my way out on Wednesday just raving about Terry. He is a phenomenal person. And he mentioned that he'll likely take an official visit to Stanford in mid-May. That's one heck of an education. So I don't know if he'll be able to tell them no. So the Gophers will try. And it's still relatively early. He said it. There is no favorite. But I'm just telling you, trying to read the tea leaves, that's the purpose of this podcast. I think Stanford will be a tough beat. So when you think about the three guys all playing for D1 Minnesota, Matthew Hurt, Zeke Naji, and Tyrell Terry, the Gophers won all of them. I don't know at this point if the Gophers get any of them. I went heavy on local basketball notes on episode 140 from Tuesday. Just an update from Tuesday, Matthew Hurt of Rochester, John Marshall. I think I mentioned, did I mention on Tuesday? I can't recall. I did mention that Richard Patino was set to visit with him. I can't recall if I mentioned that Steve Alford was with Hurt on Monday and new Memphis coach Penny Hardaway was in Rochester to catch up with Hurt on Tuesday. Then I did mention, I do know that on Tuesday I mentioned that Ben Johnson, who was on earlier in this podcast, was supposed to be in town this week. Things changed last second. So Ben was supposed to see Jalen Suggs of Minnehaha Academy, Terry of De La Salle, and Matthew Hurt. But Ben Johnson did not make it to town with new head coach Travis Steele. But make no mistake, Ben Johnson is going to recruit the metropolitan area incredibly hard. His relationships 
are ones that go back many, many years. There are many people in the local basketball community that think the world of Ben Johnson. Also, an update from Tuesday, Dawson Garcia, the big man from Prior Lake High School. He's a sophomore. He tweeted out all his offers this week, Texas, Baylor, and Butler. The Gophers are expected to eventually offer Garcia, but word is Patino needs to play a little catch-up, needs to watch him in action. So look for Garcia to get a Gophers offer sometime during the summer or late spring. Time to empty out the notebook. I won't go with the fancy swoosh sometimes to transition from team to team. I use that swoosh. I'm recording this in a different studio. I don't have access to the swoop. So we'll just go boom, boom, boom. First off, Indochino, Indochino.com. Guys, if you're looking for a new suit, go to Indochino.com. They also have a showroom at the Mall of America on the first floor. Or just Google Indochino, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O. They are highly thought of, highly, highly thought of. When it comes to making men's suits, they use the best fabric. They customize the suit to your liking. It is off the charts. Everything that goes into customizing a suit for you. You can get a premium suit from Indochino for just $379 by using the promo code SCOOP. Promo code SCOOP. So whether you buy a suit from the showroom at the Mall of America or online, Indochino.com, you just enter in all your measurements, you will have an opportunity to present a promo code. Use the promo code SCOOP for a great suit. I'm telling you, wedding season is fast approaching any number of special occasions. So if you're looking for a new suit, guys, be sure to check out Indochino, Indochino.com. Wild Jets game five Friday night in Winnipeg. Winnipeg, the best team in the regular season in the NHL at home. The Wild to move on. We'll have to find a way to not only win once in Winnipeg, but twice. So the distinct possibility exists that the Wild season will be done. As soon as late Friday night, then what? Well, heading into Friday, I was at the X on Thursday morning. Kyle Rowell is in. Tyler Ennis is out. So that's a forward change. Ryan Murphy is in on defense. Carson Soucy is out. So a couple lineup changes heading into game five. What will the fallout be once the Wilds season is over? Chuck Fletcher, general manager, is in the final year of his contract. He will meet with owner Craig Leopold in the coming days. Once the season ends, Craig Leopold will have an interesting decision to make. Here's what I'll tell you. I don't know what Craig is thinking right this second. I will tell you this much. There is a groundswell or at least some support in the organization to make a change. That Chuck has been here for a number of years. He can't quite get this team over that second round hump. You look at them taking a step backwards this year, then losing Eric Halla. You were going to lose somebody to Vegas, but... Losing Tuck, then Hala, you know, sending Hala out there, that was a big loss. I know some people with the Wild are still upset that Marco Scandella was sent to Buffalo, that bringing in Ennis was pretty much worthless, that Felino is more a fourth liner, plus you're paying him good money. So I do know there are people with the Wild that feel like the organization took a step backwards heading into this year talent-wise. Then you combine all the injuries, and there was just no way, even though the Wild had a very good season. That's what Chuck Fletcher will sell to Craig Leopold. I mean, heck, it was a great season. It just wasn't quite as good as last year. And the inevitable end result is the same. The Wild losing in what appears to be five games once again in the first round. But I can tell you that there are some people that feel like Craig Leopold should make a change. If he does, keep an eye on 
Paul Fenton, the Nashville assistant general manager. But again, I don't know what Craig is thinking. I just know there are some people in the organization that feel like it is time for Craig Leopold to make a change at general manager. I do see Bruce Boudreaux here next year, no matter what. So you bring in a new GM, but Bruce Boudreaux isn't going anywhere. I absolutely see Bruce here come September. So Chuck Fletcher is the one in the wool C category. Certainly there is a possibility that Chuck gets another year, but I'm just telling you, There are some that feel like it is time for a change. Speaking of maybe time for a change, I had somebody that absolutely has a vested interest in the Wolves front office situation slash coaching situation slash business side as well. Reach out to me wondering if owner Glenn Taylor could, he's not firing Tom Thibodeau, but could he strip the title of president of operations? Could he look to maybe change the general manager, even though Scott Layden doesn't have final say. So the Wolf season will end as soon as either Monday or possibly Wednesday. Maybe they find a way to salvage a game in this series with the Rockets, but they're not winning the series. I don't think anybody really thought they were going to win the series entering the series. So the Wolves' end of season is inevitable, maybe as soon as late Monday night. Then we wonder if Glenn Taylor could make some changes. What I will tell you is I do know that Glenn is well aware that there are many fans upset. Maybe fans are more upset than they should be when you go from 31 wins to 47 wins. There are positives from this year. I'm not quite sure many fans realize there are positives from this year, but there are. But I do know that Glenn Taylor is well aware how a good portion of the fan base feels about Tibbs. Also a reminder, what I talked about in episode 140, Monty Williams, Woj brought this up on SportsCenter within the last week or so. Monty Williams, if he wasn't 1A, he might have been 1B in terms of of choice when the Wolves hired a head coach two Aprils ago, but Monty had just lost his wife a couple months prior. Monty was not in a position to take any head coaching job. So while the Wolves had interest in him, he didn't have interest in them or anyone, so the Wolves went with Tibbs. It's hard to know if they preferred Monty over Tibbs because right from the get-go it was established that Monty Williams wouldn't come here. Well, Monty is now in a better spot. Monty is available. Monty Williams is going to get some head coaching job. Is it possible? I don't know. But we do know that Glenn Taylor thought a lot of Monty Williams two years ago, so presumably those thoughts still exist. But Tibbs has $24 million approximately left on his contract. It's hard to see ownership eating that entire contract. By the way, Gerald Green kicking the Wolves' butt in Game 2. He was at Mayo Clinic Square for a free agent workout in September. He wanted to be here. He figured, hey, with Jimmy Butler, I'll just stand in the corner. I can help with floor spacing. The Wolves is a good situation for me. The Wolves never made him an offer. He ends up signing with Milwaukee. They let him go a short time later. He's on the street for a couple months. His camp reached out to the Wolves, trying to initiate talks again. Hey, do you guys want Gerald Green? The Wolves passed on him. He signs with the Rockets, albeit the Rockets is a tremendous situation for Green. But you think about his ability to space the floor. Now, Jamal Crawford is my guy. He's a great friend of this podcast. I hope he's back next year with the player option. But Jamal needs the ball in his hands. I think he would admit that to all of us. He needs the ball at times in his hands. Green doesn't. Green just spots up and he makes three. So with Jimmy Butler penetrating, a guy like Gerald Green would have made a lot of sense. Bottom line, this roster still needs all sorts of work. You can rip Tibbs all you want, 
This roster needs all sorts of work this summer. On the NFL front, former Hopkins High School star, cornerback Marcus Williams. He has spent time in the NFL with who? The Jets, the Texans finished last year with Houston. He is signing a free agent contract with Arizona. I am told the Vikings kicked the tires on Williams, as did Miami, as did Buffalo. But in the end, it was Arizona who finally extended an offer. So Marcus Williams will be joining the Cardinals. Rashid Hageman is out there, the former Gopher, former Minneapolis Washburn star, and he has some interest from the Seattle Seahawks. I continue to hear that the Vikings would love to have Terrence Newman back, but they don't want to pay him what he made last year. Looking it up, he was paid $3.2 million approximately, just about $3.2 million last year. So the Vikings would take Terrence back, but he has to take a pay cut. On the draft front, Frank Ragnow, private workouts on Thursday with both the Patriots and Falcons. I am told Bill Belichick is supposed to be there, or was, I guess by the time you're listening to this, it'll be past tense, was supposed to be there. And Dan Quinn, the Falcons coach, was supposed to be there. Two separate workouts. He wasn't working out for both teams at the same time. But Frank Ragnow is gaining all sorts of steam. Former Arkansas star, Chan Hassan High School. He can play center. He can play guard. Heck, in a pinch, he could play tackle. There is a chance that he gets picked next Thursday late in the first round. If not late first round, then sometime in the second round, former gopher Stephen Richardson, I've talked about him going back a number of weeks. Here's the new nugget on Richardson. Last Friday, he had a private workout with his hometown Chicago Bears. I continue to hear that Jake Wenicky of Maple Grove High School does not have a draftable grade from the Vikings, but hopefully somebody drafts him. He was a heck of a player at South Dakota State. But if he doesn't get drafted, look for the Vikings to pursue him heavily as an undrafted free agent. And it's obvious the Vikings have all sorts of interest in former Hillmary High School star, former Badger star, linebacker Jack Sitchi. And I continue to hear, this isn't breaking news, but the Vikings are very open to moving back, whether it's in the first round to the second, second to the third, third to the fourth. They are looking to acquire at least a couple more picks. But if Mason Rudolph, the quarterback from Oklahoma State, falls, if some team wants to move up to pick 30 for him, the Vikings would be interested in moving back. So that is a possibility. Rick Spielman loves to move back in the draft, acquire more picks. So that certainly is on the table as we head into next week. On the Twins, Byron Buxton to the DL. Migraine headaches. He did miss some time last year with migraines. I am told by somebody close to Buxton that he's done a good job in the past of managing the migraines. But, hey, as somebody who knows people who have dealt with migraines, those are nothing to mess with. So we wish Byron Buxton all the best. Max Kepler dinged up his knee on Wednesday night. He should be fine. Mike Gensel, I reached out to Mike. I was texting with Mike. We'll have him on a future podcast. He's been on before. It's official. He is not joining Bob Motzko's staff with the Gophers. Reminder from Scoop Podcast episode 140, Carly Tebow Dudanis is a name to keep an eye on for Lindsey Whalen's staff. She's currently an assistant coach at Mississippi State. The Star Tribune reporting what we've talked about, what many of us have speculated about for a few days. But the Star Tribune reported it on Thursday that Kelly Roy from McAllister, former Gophers assistant, former Gophers interim head coach, will be joining Whalen's staff. So don't be surprised if it's Whalen, Tebow, Dudanis. Then we'll see who fills that third assistant spot for Lindsey Whalen's staff. That staff will be incredibly busy this summer as Lindsey is playing for the Lynx. July is the busiest recruiting month there is. Appreciate you listening. That does it. I'll wrap it up here at the 43-minute mark. That does it for Scoop Podcast episode 141. I'll be back 
next week. I won't record one Friday or Saturday, so I'll be back next week heading into the NFL Draft. Call it Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator Skin. Man, I love Operator Skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. This... Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. College duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.